I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back. This is another episode of Renovation Made Right, and I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. So happy to be here with you, my love. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. I Actually, uh, before you go, before you start going on this, I want to just say thank you. First, first of all, our... Ace producer, Meryl. She's unbelievable. It, she is. She mm-hmm. makes us sound better than we actually do. Yes. Um, and she cuts out all the BS. Has also told me that our statistics are continuing to, continuing to climb, mm-hmm. right? So we're getting more and more listeners. We're very, very appreciative. We're of that, so coming up you. on 100th episode soon. Yes. Uh, that's staggering, 100 episodes, right? <laughs> staggering. Um, and, and we're getting more, interestingly, we're getting more listeners that are local to where we are, right? Mm-hmm. So we have listeners all over the place, but... Uh, listeners local to where we are, so that's exciting, and we're 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 thankful for that. And so we just want to, uh, and, and we're getting more questions from listeners, and that's what today's show is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wanted to uh, to thank everyone for participating. And if you're enjoying the show and you're getting value out of it, if you want to um, like it and, or make comments on it, uh, and uh, and you know forward it to friends, uh, we're very appreciative of that. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and if you are a new listener. Okay, great. Yes, and provided we would love, <laughs> um, and and if you provide us with a review, we, the reviews are super helpful to us. Uh, they help uh, sort of how the podcast is performing. We're, you know, there's no money in the podcast for us. We do, you know, we've had sponsors in the past. We love sponsors again in the future, uh, but uh, mostly we're just doing this because you know we like talking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people are listening, so that's and people cool. People are listening, so you yeah. know, how can we let our listeners down? If you are a new listener. Um, and you, you know, you can always go back to the beginning, and the stuff is still very current. I mean, we've only been doing this a couple of years, so it's not like there's going to be old information out there. So if you're looking for some some more information, or you're doing a deep dive. We've had people say, "Oh, I did a cross country drive, and I binged the whole." I, I was like, wow. "Inconceivable!" It, that's that's Inconceivable. lunacy. But <laughs> but you know what? Um, there's a lot of stuff there, so feel free to go backward. Um, because there's going to be good information there. Or you could just start off now, and as we round up to our 100th, we're going to do sort of a reintroduction show for the people that are new. So, um, you know, look for that. Now, granted, if you've been listening all along, you know who we are, you know what we talk about, so you can just skip that one if you want to. (laughs) Um, But anyway, we're just very grateful that um, you continue checking in with us and listening, and we are having an awful lot of fun doing it. Yeah. So today, we're going to do a couple of questions. I'll read the first one. Hi, Dave and Brenda. Love the show, and I have a quick question for you. How easy is it to remove and install my own carpeting? Is that a job better left to the professionals, or is it a quick DIY that we can do ourselves? And that's from Jamie in Maine. Hey, Jamie. Well, thank you for the kind words. We appreciate that, and we're glad you're loving the show. So um, in, in a previous show, I had mentioned the fact that we actually own a flooring store. Uh, and so carpeting, it's, it's, um, 
there is a uh, there's a fair amount of skill associated with with installing carpeting Doing properly, it well, yeah. right? And uh, and especially if there's any seaming involved, meaning that the goods that you buy, the carpet that you buy, actually is not wide enough for the space, and then you have to have you have to you have to seam it and bring two pieces together, right? So most carpet is stretched into place, right? And you could go to your rental place and actually get what they call get a the kicker, tools, yeah. right? You can you, you can get a kicker, or you could get what they call a power stretcher. Um, but uh, if you have not done it before, it's one of those things I think that is is skill based enough. Even thinking about the layout of the room, where you begin, how you begin. Um, there's a lot of things that I'm a big fan of, you know, hopping on YouTube and watching some videos and trying it. Uh, this is probably not one of those things, yeah. right? Um, there, there are other f types of flooring absolutely. that are way easier absolutely. For, to do as a DIY. So right. carpet is, I don't think, one of them. Yeah, so if you want to install your own luxury vinyl plank, or even if you want to install your own ceramic tile, huge fan of that, right? right. That's, that, it, there's, there are lots of resources there. Uh, but carpet is one of those things that is uh, is challenging, and uh, and you don't actually get to do it twice, right? Right. If you're if you're installing LVP or tile and you break a piece or you miscut a piece or you crack a tile or whatever, no big deal. No big deal. Right. You've got a buffer built in. There's some waste. If you miscut your carpet, yeah, you're going to have to buy another roll. Yeah. Right. Like who wants to do that? You're kind of screwed, right? Yeah. And. Um, and it's a it's also a physically demanding job, uh, you know. Guys that lay carpet for a living uh, don't do it forever yeah. because yeah, they, you know, they're, they're, it's a young man's job. It is. It is, and that's kind of sexist, but it's a young person's job. Yes, no, I'm sorry, is. it's a young yeah. person's job, but it's really men. Yeah, and and it's, so it, the carpeting is heavy. Uh, the kicking of it, you're on your hands and knees, and you're actually sort of lunging your foot, your your thigh forward into this kicker, and the kicker is what pushes the carpet onto what they call the tackless. The tackless is that horrible strip around the perimeter of carpeting. That and if you've ever stepped on it, it's you know, yeah, it's, you know exactly right. what we're talking about. Exactly. And so uh, it's perfect for its job, but you don't want to have to interact with it much. But they, they basically are, are stretching the carpet by kicking it and kicking it onto the tackless where the tackless grabs it. Um, but you need to kick it all consistently. And especially if you have a patterned carpet, you, if you if you don't kick it consistently, you then get uh, you know um, it looks it looks like the walking, pattern like is it's not drunk, straight, right? right? Exactly. So there's a lot to it. So general my my general encouragement would be to hire a pro for that. Mm -hmm. So that was all probably a long winded answer. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. We gotta we gotta go through. So do you, would you like to read the next question? Sure. Or should I? Let, no. Let, let me let me hit this one. Uh, so the next one is: Can you add a basement to a home? I am currently on a crawl space and want to add some square footage to my home. Would love some suggestions for our home, which is in Portsmouth. Thanks, guys. And that's uh, from Kieran, Kieran in Portsmouth. So, Kieran, thank you very much for the uh, for the question. We appreciate it. Um, and we we've talked about this well, before. We have talked about this before. It is doable. Um, it may not be worth the cost. Right. Uh, and and so, but anyway, let's let's go into what's involved. Yeah. So, um, the only way you're going to effectively, if you're on a crawl space right now. Um, there are probably two ways to go about it, uh, but the I shouldn't say that. There's really one way to go about it, and the one way, if you're on a crawl space, is you got to jack the house up, mm -hmm. uh, lift it up, maybe even move it, and then I would actually repour and redig a foundation. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a big, obviously, that's a big, big deal. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, in some cases, unlike like a basement that's only six, and there's a lot in, in New England. There's a lot of older homes where the basements are six feet mm -hmm. or six and a half feet and not serviceable for a finished basement. Um, 
that's a different answer, and we'd get into that. But if you're on a crawl space right now, um, the prospect of actually converting the crawl space to an attic by, let's say, excavate. I'm sorry. What did I say? Attic. attic. Yeah. Cut that out, will you, Meryl? Um, so, <laughs> Leave it in, Meryl. Yeah. The problem, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the, the problem of, of converting it to a basement by, by, like, say, let's excavating it and trying to lower it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for a bunch of different reasons. Um, not the least of which is how incredibly labor intensive it is. Mm-hmm. Right, you're not going to get a piece of equipment in there, so it's man is you know it's manpower doing this work. And let's say your existing foundation goes down only four feet, and it goes down to a footing, meaning that's the, what the foundation sits on. Right. Well, you can, you you don't you want to be mindful that you're not going to undermine that existing foundation mm-hmm. as you're digging out the center. Right. And so that's got baggage with it as well. Right. right. So and and uh, in addition to that. You know, the basement, like you think about it, okay, so I can get financing to put square footage on my house. Right. You're not really going to be able to get the financing for a basement because they don't have real value. Like, you know, in terms of a, a, a appraisal of your home, the difference between having a full basement and having a crawl space is not that significant as opposed to, say, the same square footage in an addition. So your ability to pay for it, um, and the, and the value that it actually brings to your finished project is not nearly as much as if you were doing an addition. So, now, and ob- I'm not saying that an addition is going to be more expensive necessarily than putting a basement. I would well, assume. No. So, ob- so obviously the basement is, if you finish the basement, you've added value, mm-hmm. right? But you haven't added the same square footage value as you have on first floor space, mm-hmm. right? Even if you do a beautiful basement job cost per square foot is always going to be way less to finish a basement than to build new first floor square foot. Mm-hmm. So let's say the alternative is, okay, well, then let's put a room addition on. Mm-hmm. You're going to be into a room addition for dramatically more money than you're into finishing a basement. But in this particular case, you know, for Kiernan, uh, sorry, for Kieran, uh, you are in a situation where you've got to invest you've a bunch of money to create to the basement. With. Right. And then finish the basement, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a it's a, a big lift to, to make that financially. Now, no pun I, intended. There, as in so, house. speaking of the, of lift, um, the, the other thing to think about is if you find the right contractors who are conversant in this, you know, we talk about my our company doesn't do home lifting, right? If we had a project that required that, we would use a subcontractor who does nothing but home lifting. Mm-hmm. And for people that do nothing but home lifting or even home moving. It's actually like water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a massive thing, and it, you know, but for a good for a good home mover or a lifter, it's not that big of a deal. So you know, if there's a lot of compelling reasons why you want that house in, on that lot in that neighborhood, and you don't want to move, and the basement could be a difference maker, right? Then you know, it might be worth exploring that and figuring out mm-hmm. what a, you know. At least get some numbers and see right, if it exactly. feels good to you or not. Now, alternatively, we didn't talk about what style of house this is, but if the house were a ranch or a cape, you might be thinking about, okay, let's convert it to a colonial or let's convert it from a ranch to a cape. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you're going to get better value, I think, return on investment-wise by creating more living space above grade mm-hmm. and your crawl space foundation should be more than able to bear the additional weight. So mm-hmm. some people might, might get nervous about saying, well, can I can I put a second level on top of my crawl space? Should, if the crawl space is in decent condition, right, it's not right. ancient, um, then shouldn't be a problem at all, right, uh, assuming, the, assuming it's a normal crawl space. Mm-hmm. So that's another way to consider it and say, all right, where are my, where are my dollars better invested? But you're going to spend a bunch of dollars 
to get raw unfinished space in the idea of the of the crawl space to basement conversion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. We have. Uh, do we have time for one more question? So I am planning a bathroom renovation on my second floor. What should I uh, definitely think about uh, incorporating? And this is from Mary in Salisbury, Mass. So things you should incorporate in a bathroom renovation on your second floor. So think, some things to definitely think about and some things that don't go in um, right off the bat and it seems very unsexy, venting. Yep. Good, good venting. Yep. Um, this is a major problem of uh, fungus, you know, black mold issues. You wanna vent uh, your bathroom, the shower and the, and the toilet, but you want to vent them outside. Don't vent them just into your attic. Right. That's bad. That's, well, and you actually want to use an insulated vent mm -hmm. if you're going up into an unconditioned space because then the moisture that is being pushed out tends to condense less mm -hmm. on an insulated vent uh, and more of the moisture gets out of the building as opposed to staying in the vent pipe. Right, right? which again is just like a mold issue. So that right. would be number one. Well, if you don't have good venting already, make sure that you put that in. Yeah, and while we're on that, let's, let's do a better job at defining good venting, right? So you can buy bathroom vent fans mm -hmm. that move 60 or 70 cubic feet per minute, mm -hmm. right? Uh, CFM, that's how they rate fans. They rate fans in two ways, based on how much air it moves and how much noise it makes. Yeah, so there's um, like the, the low end, that's 60 to 70, then right. there's like 110, 120, that's great, and then right. there's the suck the eyes out of a parrot. Right. That's, that's the ultimate. You don't really need the ultimate, but what you want is that so like that 100, 110, right. 120, and you what you also want is a low sewn vent. Sewn, S-O-N-E. S-O-N-E, right, and that is the, the uh, measurement of the noise. That the that the fan makes. Exactly. So one reason people don't use fans is because they don't like listening to them, and so you want people to use fans in the bathroom. There's two ways to do that. One, make it quiet enough so that it's not irritating, um, and two, make it automatic. Put a motion sensor on the fan, so as soon as somebody walks in the room, the fan goes on, right. and it goes off as soon as there's no there's no motion anymore. Same thing with the shower. Well, actually, you can set the time. You can set the motion time. Yeah. So it goes off ten minutes after mo no motion. Right. Right. And so. If there's if there's residual moisture, which mm -hmm. there always is when you or take a shower, stank, you know, or whatever moisture right. odor, yes, <laughs> we'll use the word odor instead of stank. I think it's a little nicer. I like stank. And um, <laughs> and so if you have that situation, and the fan runs ten minutes after it, it's there's right. no motion, you're just doing a better job at getting that moisture out of the space, right. right? And you'll know you did a good job if someone can take a shower and the mirrors in the bathroom aren't fogging up, right? right. If it, it, you should be able to put enough ventilation in where that generally doesn't happen, mm -hmm. right? Right. Even a long hot shower, you know, you should be able to get out and the, right. the, the mirror should be clear in your bathroom. Right. Um, okay. Another thing to think about if you're going to be upstairs, if your washer and dryer are in your basement right now, um, moving them up to the second floor is awesome. Now, I will say the negative part is that you need to drain it, put it in a pan. Um, and and make sure it drains so that you ever have an overflow. Yeah, well, so so to be clear about that, you, you have to have there there is a product on the market called Flood Saver, and the Flood Saver is a pan that's designed to put a, a washer dryer in, mm -hmm. right? Or you can make your own. There's lots of different ways to do it, but at the end of the day, what you don't want to do is just put a washer dryer upstairs in a closet. Uh, yeah, and, on the floor. And and don't plan for the eventual hose break or the eventual machine break. Mm -hmm. Right, you got to because it will it. happen. Right. So you want to make sure you, you plan for that. But the nice thing is, so say say you are your bedrooms are all on the second floor and your washer dryers in the basement. You're going down two floors with all your dirty stuff. You're going up two floors. Uh, 
with your clean stuff. And it's just, it's a lot of back and forth that you don't need. It's much nicer to have them on the floor where you're producing the majority of your laundry. Yeah, get your cardio at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go for a nice walk outside, right. right? Yeah, you don't have to go up and downstairs to the basement. So that's one thing to think about. The, the flood saver fan is a big deal. And I just, one of our production managers, we were just talking about that this morning. He said he was, he was in a project where uh, the people put their washer dryer on the second floor. The plumber, this is not our project, this was not us. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I just that. want to be very clear about that. <laughs> the, the plumber who put it, put the washer dryer in, it wouldn't fit in the pan. And instead of putting it up on blocks, which you can do so that, you know, it will still work in the pan, he cut the front of the pan out. Oh, makes for not a very good pan. Which defeats the purpose of having <laughs> a pan. So it flooded and took down the ceiling in the first Beautiful. floor. Beautiful. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Brilliant. Yep. So... The important things to remember is just make sure your flood saver pan is actually in, like in one piece. Right. Um, so uh, vanity cabinets. Thinking about you know who's using the bathroom. Is this a kid's bathroom primarily? Is it an adult bathroom primarily? Size your vanity cabinets for that height. Now, like typically, what they call vanity height is more like desk height. It's about thirty inches high, which is great for kids. It's not great for adults. If you are putting vanity cabinets in your bathroom for adults, you want basically what's kitchen counter height. So they're going to be 34 and a half plus an inch and a half top. You're at 36, much more comfortable height. So just be aware of that. Um, you know, thinking about who's using the space. If it's kids, put the lower vanity height in. Right? It's it's just easier for them to use. Um, and then you start. And then we start talking about like more luxury items or things that are a little more expensive, but. A curbless shower, which means like you don't, it, instead of doing a tub, which is hard to get in and out, if you're thinking about, you know, if you're going to age in place in this in this um, bathroom, you want something that's easy to use. So, well, let's stop in the tub for a quick second. Mm -hmm. Depending on the on your house and the number of bathrooms in it, we're always a fan of leaving at least one, one tub, tub, right? Yeah. However, only you only really need that one tub for the family who's got kids that need to bathe, right? right. Beyond that. Um, a lot of folks find showers to be much preferred, and it gives you a lot more flexibility than if you need two fixtures in that same bathroom. If you're doing it, if you right, need a like shower, a tub and a shower, a tub and a shower right. that are separate fixtures, right? Right. So something to think about. Um, but again, there are products now where you have a curbless shower, which means you could you could take a walker and walk into it easily without having to lift it up and over and right. create a tripping hazard. Or you could just if you're if you're uh, slightly um, compromising your ability to walk, right? So, having having a, a curbless shower is a nice thing. Or if you're in a wheelchair, you can roll into it. So Brent and I are at the tail end of a big renovation project that we've been doing at our house, right? which we've mm -hmm. been doing all the work ourselves, which has been fun. Um, and we opted to put a curbless shower in, which is um, – and the shower enclosure, the glass enclosure went in yesterday. So, so I, I used it today. And it was like just the, it's, it was awesome. The curbless nature of it looks very cool. Number one, it's also super easy. Thankfully, I don't have any curb stepping problems at this point. But it's uh, it's uh, attractive, easy to use, um, and uh, and we'll we'll I keep on threatening this, but I'm going to get all this information to Meryl, and Meryl's going to start posting on Instagram for us, um, so you guys can see some pictures. She's looking dubious of our project. I'm like, telling I've heard you, this before. I'm committed. I'm don't committed. tell me your lies. So. Yep. No, I am. So, but anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. Um, so some other luxury items that you might want to think about is like radiant floor heating, which is an electric mat that goes if you're having tile in your bathroom. So um, instead of, for instance, uh, if you have hot water um, uh, 
baseboard in your bathroom, one of the negatives of that is they always get rusty, especially yep. next to toilets. You know, they always, it's just, they look nasty no matter what, but there's a lot of moisture in the bathroom. And so the, the baseboards always get rusty. So you could replace that with, uh, it's basically an electric, electric system, but uh, the, the heat comes out of the floor. The floors are always right. nice and toasty warm. And then it's just much easier to maintain. They also do just for the, if you don't have a choice and you have to have your, your baseboard heat there, they do make a rust-resistant baseboard heat, which most builders do not incorporate out of the gate. Right. Most most expensive. remodelers come back and replace the baseboard with rust-resistant baseboard right. heat, right? Because everybody's like, this looks disgusting. Right, right. But just to be mindful, if you have to have the baseboard heat in that area, you mm -hmm. can do you can get the material that will actually perform better. Yep. And if if square footage is an issue, um, you know, here's my here's my big pitch is put a shower in. If you have if you have a tub shower accommodation right now, or you have a separate you know, a, a whirlpool and a separate shower, but the shower's undersized and you really want a bigger shower, go for the bigger custom shower, boot the whirlpool, right. and then get a hot tub outside. That's, just, that's just my pitch. <laughs> that's right. I'm actually, I'm actually a big fan of the, the hot tub. Yep, yep, absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and the, the reality is, I think what we find is when we do renovation projects for many of our clients and we are incorporating both fixtures, the tub ultimately gets used very little mm -hmm. for the amount of real estate it consumes it takes up and a lot. and the alternative designs you could have provided to mm -hmm. the consumer you, you know the tub's got to be a really important thing and, and for some folks it totally is for some folks you know the ability to light a candle and read a book in the tub after a long day of work mm -hmm. that's it's a really big nice. deal right yeah. and they want and i but be honest with yourself yeah, think about like right. how often you think you'll actually do this right. or how often you do it already right. if you're if you're getting yourself into a five-foot tub on the regular right and that's and you and you like it even in that capacity yep. go go for the tub in your bathroom speaking of that by the way if you do if you're going to get a tub and especially if you're going to use one that's either recirculating or some sort some sort of therapy type tub um, go spend the extra money to get the inline heater that allow mm -hmm. the inline heater will not take cold water and make it hot but once you pour the water in the tub and you hop in as soon as you activate that tub and it begins doing the jets the jets what what helps make you feel the jets more is the air that gets introduced, right? Which well, is coming in at air, at room, at temperature. room temperature air, right. right? And so that room temperature air sucks the heat out of the out of the water quickly, and so your tub is getting cold. Most manufacturers offer inline heaters, which just is, is basically a, a heating coil that, as the water is running through the pump system, mm -hmm. it's it's sort of reheating it and keeping it at the at the desirable temperature. So you never you don't feel compelled to have to add more water in the middle of your tub to keep it hot, right. um, and you can enjoy it for a longer period of time and feel comfortable. Right, yep. a worthwhile investment. So I think that's most of our our suggestions on um, things to put in a uh, in a bathroom. Can I do one last one? Yeah. So another one is, uh, and maybe you appreciate this only as you start to get older, and you may need to use the bathroom more in the middle of the night. Oh yes. Is the ability to have one of your lights or uh, or design specific lighting in that is dimmed or dimmable lighting, mm -hmm. so that you don't have to you know get shocked by uh, you know a high amount of light coming or in. Or toe kick lighting in but, your or, vanity, Yeah, right? toe like kick lighting light. is a perfect solution because yeah. it actually lights the floor that you want to see while you're going in, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. It, it's not bright in your eyes. It doesn't wake you up too much. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. You know. So so it's, it's thinking about some form of lighting uh, to get from the entrance to the bathroom comfortably to the toilet and back. Um, and you know, if the bathroom is directly off the bedroom, that also doesn't disturb the other person who's still sleeping, mm -hmm. right? Uh, is uh, is a little nuance, but makes uh, 
and it's not a big, not an expensive thing, but it's one of those subtleties that makes the difference in the way you use the space. Right. I mean, think about, like, last time you got, had to get up in the middle of the night and be like, uh, you know, I need to make it to the bathroom. And, you know what, I'm achy a little bit, and I want to take some ibuprofen. And now you got to get the bottle open, that right. stupid childproof <laughs> cap. And you're, like, trying to line it up in the dark, and but you don't want to turn the light on because you know you'll be like, ah! Burn your retinas. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so, yeah, the low. this is a very good suggestion. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm just here to help. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, well, that is it for today. We are so glad you joined us, and this is Renovation made right and i am brenda bryan and i'm david bryan thanks for being here thank you for listening be sure to check out the show notes on our website renovationmaderight.com and follow us on social media at renovation made right don't forget to subscribe and if you like the show leave us a review